Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory. If you haven't already subscribed, please catch us wherever you love to listen to your podcast, from the Relevant Radio app to Apple, YouTube, you name it, we are there. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go and give us a five-star review to help other people discover the podcast. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. So good to be with you. We have a full hour today. Joining me in just a moment will be celebrity and royal matchmaker Christina Pineda. She matchmakes us peasants as well if you need a matchmaker. She is here and she's taking your questions so give me a call, one 914 9149 Happy to take dating relationship questions for you, quote-unquote, a friend or maybe one of your children navigating a difficult relationship and maybe they're turning to you for some advice. And just navigating the world of dating today is different and you'd like a opinion, well-educated as well as a Catholic take, we're happy to take it with Christina Pineda here on Trending. We're going to be talking about the trend of women being charged with domestic violence. What's going on? What can be done? How do you handle anger? Uh, what's kind of normal in terms of kind of experiencing a little bit of a um, workup when it comes to men and women and the differences of how women spiral uh, than men? It's really interesting. We'll discuss that with Christina Pineda, taking your questions, and we'll also talk about it's that time, college, going back to school, do's and don'ts for college dating. Some great tips and advice, whether you're in that season of life or know someone who is in and can give some sound guidance for how to navigate that. Joining me in a little bit will also be Melanie Hempy from ScreenStrong.com. We're going to talk about social media habits to keep kids and young adults happy, as well as smartphone use in school. And we're going to talk about the ScreenStrong lifestyle, detoxing from media, technology, and real solutions for parents so that you can take back your kids from the digital realm. And let's be real, take back our own lives because... We are all guilty. I'm raising my hand of overusing our technology. It's so easy to do. So these tips for kids can truly be applied to us because we are being sucked in by incredibly well-developed technology that is meant to be created in a way that we use it 24-7. So thanks for joining me. And if you have supported us this week, in our pledge drive, uh, fundraising to continue to do the work we do here at Relevant Radio. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, we have a need of $3 million this week, and although our pledge drive is technically over, we didn't quite hit the mark. But I have faith that either this hour over or over the next couple of hours, we can do it. But here's the deal. If we raise $65,000 this hour... Praise the Lord, we will be fully funded and continue to operate and do what we do. And I heard from Father Rocky earlier today, he said, if we can make this happen, we will not only be able to continue to do the work we're doing now, but we'll even be able to grow the work we're doing with new stations and new areas, 
perhaps a station near you if you don't listen on the radio but online or maybe a station near a friend a family member a child of yours so please i'm asking you to help support us in doing the work we are doing we need $65,000 to go if you can help us this hour i greatly appreciate it any gift counts dollar for dollar your gifts are matched so every dollar that's given that dollar is matched a generous donors have stepped forward saying if you can fundraise this i will match it so please donate now relevantradio.com the relevant radio app the easiest ways to give are online like i just mentioned or we have people waiting to take your call as well they're staying over time because we still have about $65,000 to go to, to 3 million. So they're staying over time taking your calls tonight, 1-877-291-0123. We're asking you to answer the call. And if you could join me, most importantly, is prayer and praying that we can meet this huge deficit we have here at Relevant Radio of that 65,000. So please join me in praying for an end to abortion in the United States, as well as for our needs to be met during this pledge drive. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, relevantradio.com, the relevant radio app are the easiest ways to give. If you haven't given yet, maybe you can give a little bit more because, again, we have that $65,000 deficit and I would love to make it up this hour. And we just had $500 donated uh, here. We're working our way, so we need a little bit more than uh, $6,400. So please join us in our mission at Relevant Radio. Joining me now is Christina Pineda, celebrity and royal matchmaker, giving us tips for dating relationships and navigating those difficult situations. And there's been a trend which is fascinating to me, Christina, recently of women, especially women who are in the public eye, being charged with the domestic violence. I think often people assume that domestic violence is more common among men, but it's not necessarily what statistics show. And I think that these public stories recently have been telling and it provides an opportunity for us who might not be in the public eye, uh, but who do maybe struggle with anger or, you know, reacting to situations within a dating or a marital relationship. And it's interesting, the wife of Bravo Million Dollar uh, star, in Los Angeles, Matt Altman was arrested this past month uh, for altercations between the two of them. And then it's interesting because that's Johanna Altman, again, from Bravo's Million Dollar Listing show. But then Michelle Branch, singer, songwriter Michelle Branch, that I know millennials we loved and sometimes idolize. Uh, she's going through the process of just starting a divorce. The story is unfolding as the days proceed. Uh, but she's separating from her husband Patrick Carney the husband and father of two of her children he's the drummer from Black Keys and she found that he was cheating and she started trying to beat him up uh and 
Do you blame her? I think some people might have that reaction. If you found out your spouse was cheating and you have two little kids and one six months old, you might want to whack your spouse too. But what do we do and how do we understand the conflicts in these situations and the difference between men and women? You're listening to Trending with Timory here at Relevant Radio. And Christina, would love to see your insights on this trend of women being charged with domestic violence. Yes, yes. Hi, Timory. So good to be with you. And I like I would like to approach it first with the Michelle Branch domestic assault case because that was really shocking for a lot of people. We haven't really heard her name in the media for a while. She had those two records that were best selling in the in the time of when a lot of us millennials were growing up. But then she was under the radar. She was getting married, she was having kids. And now she's popping up in not a good way in the sense that she is now abused, abused her husband and was arrested for it. And this is, can be upsetting to a lot of people who did idolize her, including my sister. And she, so I think it, that first of all points to the problem with idolizing celebrity relationships or any relationships for that matter. Even if you might see people's photos on Instagram and think, oh, they're the perfect couple. I wish my relationship was like that. Or I wish I could be married to someone just like that. Why is that person so blessed and I don't have, why why can't I have what she has? Or for men, why can't I have what he has? So just the fact of Stopping yourself from idolizing couples, especially couples in the public eye. And I think part of that comes down to not, not watching, not, um, not looking at the, at Instagram incessantly, just on guarding your eyes. I think that's a good way to stop yourself from it. But even so, you can't escape it. You do see these smiling, gorgeous photos of celebrity, of celebrities. But every relationship is far from perfect. You have to remember that. And something that Dr. Emerson Egrich, I think Egrich, is that how you pronounce his name, Timory? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yes. Okay. He is the author of the very popular book, Love and Respect. And I found it very helpful to analyze marital issues through this lens. He talks about something called the crazy cycle, where couples spiral out of control as a result of the typical responses, male and female responses to conflict. To give you a, an example of this, a man, the man, the husband might make a mistake the woman gets critical, the man feels disrespected and shuts down. Then the woman gets louder since his silence makes her feel unloved. Mm-hmm. If you can think about this and, and everyone who's listening, think about this in your own life. Maybe you've seen your parents go through this. Maybe you yourself have gone through it in your marriage. This happens a lot and it points to the fact that men and women have very different basic needs. Isn't that men, true? Yes. Men need to be respected. Women need to be loved. And unless we recognize that, 
the marriage will be fraught with conflict. This is especially important in this post-gender society that we live within where so many people like to deny the basic differences between men and women, but that ends up doing everyone a disservice and contributing to the divorce rate because men and women are different. And unless we learn about how different they are and what makes them tick, you're, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really terrible relationship. And isn't it interesting because I mean you're getting to the basis of male versus female uh, communication styles as well. You know even things you know you're describing when a typical examples occur: man makes a mistake, woman gets critical, man feels disrespected, he shuts down woman starts to get louder and sometimes it can also be louder and more interactive. You know, it could be waving arms or it could be uh, more physically in the person's face. And part of that has to do with a woman's desire for eye contact and physical contact when there's a disagreement to try to bring things together. And men are saying, you know, leave me alone. I want to walk away, maybe even just leave the house for a bit. And women have that tendency to chase a man down. And it's interesting you're bringing all of this up because that crazy cycle that you're talking about, the doctor Dr. Emerson Egrich uh, speaks of is this attempt where the woman's trying to get that attention and communication to be heard and seen and she maybe doesn't understand the difference in that communication where he might need space no eye contact no physical contact and just to be absolutely alone for a minute in order to come back together it's so hard though when you're so when a woman is so fired up and that's what I think is contributing to the challenges that a lot of women are having in marriages. And that's why and, and it doesn't excuse violence. But I can see that happening where both of the women you mentioned have young children. So they're already dealing with a lot. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But it's it can be very upsetting if a man is not giving her the the attention and the unconditional love that she thinks she deserves from it and that's why it's dr emerson will say in the book that you can't just say oh well i need to be loved so unless he's loving me i'm not going to respect him mm-hmm. but that's so mm-hmm. often and vice versa unless she's respecting me i'm not going to show her love that is what happens in many marriages. Some women have that tiger inside of them where they will just get louder and louder and until it esca- escalates to violence. I think also in our culture, masculine energy is prized a lot more than feminine energy in so many pursuits. So it's almost valorized and everything is so violent that people are watching. So that also increases the the risk of violence in homes. Also, people reported, People Magazine reported that domestic violence in the U.S. increased by 8% after COVID lockdown orders began. Right. And this has been continuing. I think people have, and especially women who are spending most of the time in the home to begin with to take care of the kids, they haven't had the social outlets or any of the other outlets that would help them take that tiger energy and right. put it to better use. I mean, especially times when parks were closed, when we had gyms that were closed, and many people now you know, trying to save money with a cost of living 
aren't going back to mm. a normal gym cycle that they would be in. So, you know, people are navigating, like you said, some of those outlets that might help with that natural aggression that can kind of build up. And, you know, it's interesting, Christina, because I was looking at the story and following Michelle Branch's story. She has a four-year-old and a six-month-old. If I found out mm-hmm. my husband was cheating on me, I might want to whack him too for a moment. Does that mean I would? No. But I understand just like that shock, that upset, that anger. Does it make it right? You know, it's okay to have that desire to whack someone. It's what we do with it, right? And I think that, you know, from a Catholic mm-hmm. perspective, or just a practical perspective, what do we do when we have those instances where we're so angry, we're so worked up, that that anger is at risk of becoming violent? Because we're not perfect. And these situations do occur. And there are certain things that happen in life that sometimes do just shock us and upset us so significantly. We don't have always a normal reaction. This is why, you know, building virtue is so important. But if we can stop and work on you know those basic things that many psychologists, I think of Sister Tina Alfieri, um, who is a specialist in dealing with addictive disorders. She's here often on the show and she talks as a psychologist and especially relationship therapist. She talks about, you know, simple things that are so simple but helpful, Christina, such as just stop. When you're that upset, when you want to react to a situation, literally learn to start practicing in small situations that you do in the big situations to stop. Take a deep breath. Maybe you count to 10, and if you 10 doesn't work, count to 30. Or if you need to walk away, you know, and really communicate. I can't sit here and talk to you right now. I'm going to go and get some space, but I will come back. You know, things like that that are really helpful, especially for men to say to women, because more often it's men who need that physical space. I am one of those people who often does need the space, though. And, but it sometimes mm. takes, takes me a little while to figure out that I need the space uh, because, I'm, yes. you know, you're just upset and it's hard to communicate sometimes when you're there. Uh, but again, thinking from the perspective of Michelle Branch as well, you know, here she is, she has two young children in this poor woman, we have to pray for her and her husband, Christina. Uh, but remembering there are children involved and they're watching and remembering that that spouse that you want to just whack for having cheated on you or whatever might have happened, as horrible as it might be, that's the father or the mother of your child. And they're there, oh, they're yes. present, they hear these things. And, and so in helping to navigate the reality of domestic violence that occurs within the home, with the gifts of tactics in our faith is so important uh, in discussing, you know, that need for mercy and forgiveness, but time to figure out and try and understand the context of what's happening and the accountability that's so important as well. Christina Pineda here on Trending with Timory. She's a celebrity and royal matchmaker, and she matchmakes us peasants as well. If you have a question for her, the number is 1-888-914-9149. Christina, it is that time of the year People are going back to school, first-time college students. Some people are going back to school in person for the first time in years. And either way, navigating the dating scene can be challenging, whether you're living on campus, off campus. Uh, Having some guidelines, whether it's someone you know who's going through the season of life and dating, or you yourself, is a helpful for living a chaste life, not putting yourself at risk in a near occasion of sin, sexually transmitted diseases, pregnancy, being kind of pressured into this idea that you have to take contraception it all starts with the simple choices we make so what do you advise your clients as a matchmaker when it comes to navigating college dating 
I know that if, especially if you've just graduated high school a few months ago, you're probably so excited to get out of the small town and meet thousands more people, especially attractive members of the opposite sex. So that is wonderful and great excitement. But I also love that parents are listening too to your show, Timory. And because sometimes in that excitement that the students have, they aren't able to think clearly through this. So if parents can can talk to their children before they go off to college, I think that can be really helpful and give them some of these tips. And one of them is to get same-sex dorms. This used to be more of a thing. I don't know if it's that common nowadays in more secular colleges, but if they don't exist, at least try to get a same-sex floor. And if that doesn't exist, try to get a substance-free dorm. That will help things. It's just so hard when you have these co-ed dorms. Temptation is right next door. So you Mm -hmm. want to try to separate yourself from it as much as possible. Right. And I actually lived in uh, no inner visitation type of situation in college. So men's uh, dorms Mm. were completely separate from the women's. It was a goodbye, see you at the staircase. And no, not even going up the staircase or into the hallway or up to the door uh, was what I grew up with in in college. And I remember it was frustrating. You know, you're excited. You have this idea of freedom going into college. But the protection of not having the pressure of having to entertain, be in the environment of being in one another's living quarters. It it really does help in this new season in life. So I love this tip to start off with. What else? Yes. So just know that you will feel vulnerable and lost at sea when you first get to college, especially if you're boarding there. That's totally normal. So start thinking now about good places to meet people. Don't view the nightlife, the frats, the sororities as your only socializing outlet. There are a lot of other options and try to explore those online as much as you can or talk to people who are, who are um, students at the college already so you can see what are some other options and ways of happy ways of meeting people than just going to a frat and people drinking and being in an uncomfortable situation. So, How does faith play into this as well, Christina? Yes, that's why my next one is go to mass. Often for new students, mass is on the back burner of your tasks. You're overwhelmed with mo- me- moving and meeting new people, so you're just trying. So just trying to eat regularly is truly a feat. I know that's <laughs> how it was for me to get on Fresh a schedule. Freshman fifteen is, is hard. real for some people. <laughs> <laughs> I actually lost a ton of weight because I hated the food there. So <laughs> I actually saw that a lot of college 15. too, <laughs> especially the 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 uh, boys who started out in college. It's so funny after college, seeing you know, all of them gain weight as you know they're working, having different jobs, and more money. Then was mm. when they start to struggle with that uh, additional weight. Yes, yes. So going to mass will center you. It will help you to prioritize and already gives you like-minded people to connect with amidst all of the confusion. I remember that exact situation happened to me. I was so overwhelmed with things in college that, but then when I went to mass, I said, oh, mass, really? It's another thing I have to do. But I went and I was surprised. Now I'm a lot more religious and I love going to mass, (laughs) but it was part of my journey. 
Can um, we talk briefly too about confession? I know for me it was so important. We had access to confession every single day uh, when I was at university and in grad school. And it was wonderful because when you're in that season in life, it, you know, you're still really forming and shaping so much of your character in a very profound way. And that mm. provides the opportunity for accountability in the midst of our frailty in the midst of our sins and our mistakes and that accountability of confession the mercy of our lord jesus christ and also looking at who else is in the confession line does give you that opportunity to be inspired and encouraged by one another but also maybe you can find someone in the confession line who would be someone good to date and just real frank my husband was in the confession line all the time when i was in university and it was something that was very attractive to see occurring before we started dating and when we were in our early years of dating because he had that you know level of accountability and importance it was so funny because i remember seeing him and he'd be in the confession line and he'd be sitting there and he'd be like talking to himself he'd be like oh i don't need to go to confession day and he'd walk out of the confession line it's like because it was there because it was not option okay the line was a moment of accountability let me check and see where i'm at okay i'm good today or you know i'll go next week whatever it was but i think confession is so important as well oh yes and it's so helpful for those times in college when a lot of people are experiencing new things and may have experienced some shame and some do things that they're not too proud of it's just a way to to come closer to the lord and know how much he loves you and be made new. So, oh, I love that idea. The next one tip that I have is to write a list of conversation topics that are appropriate to speak with new people about. Some that you would like to save for people who you learn that you can trust. This goes for new friends and potential love interests. It's It is much better to be a little more reserved than to overshare with someone who might spread your secrets. You have to remember, you don't know these people and this happens so frequently. You might be in that vulnerable place, need someone to talk to, go to this person who's closest and then your secrets get spread around to the whole school. So just be aware that that can happen and having that list. And then if you have something that you really need to talk to someone about that's personal, have a friend who you can call, who you, who's a trusted friend if you haven't really made that many friends yet because time time really proves their friendship. Or even there's a lot of times a counseling center that they're all confidential. Or the priest you can talk to. And sisters sometimes are, are working at the, um, the Newman Club and and such. What other tips do you have in, you know, the brief amount of time we have left for new college students navigating the dating scene? Yes. So one thing is just because that someone, a man or a woman is older than you doesn't mean that they're wiser than you, especially with young men. They're still exploring their interests. Many are not ready for a relationship, even if they're older. So to avoid this bare minimum bro, um, if a guy asks you to hang out or tell him that you have a rule that you don't go into guys' rooms, but you love to go on a date with him somewhere, that will definitely separate the men from the boys. <laughs> and don't go somewhere that's isolated, especially when you don't know someone. It just doesn't help in general, even if you've been dating for a little while. Yes, Exactly. There are other ones, just remembering looks fade fast in college. A lot of times it's about who's hot, but this plays less and less importance as the years go on. 
And dance responsibly. Dance responsibly. Ooh, I like that one. And drink responsibly. I will add that one on. I'm not a fan of drinking, especially when you're hanging out with people in mixed company, especially during the dating years. It's a new season. Check out Christine Pineda's work, matchmakersinthecity.com. We've tagged her on my Instagram as well. Just follow me at Timmy. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. I'll be right back here on Trending, taking your questions. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Trending. Thank you so much for supporting us during our pledge drive here at Relevant Radio. If you've donated, thank you. Truly, I'm so excited uh, to see the generosity and the support, to see all of your names, to pray for you, uh, to see your generosity, that you believe in the work of our Lord Jesus Christ and the mission of Relevant Radio. Truly, thank you. We are so grateful. Our need this week was $3 million, and we've fallen short. Uh, it's the end of the day Friday, and we still have $57,000 to go, and I would like to see all of that raised this hour, $57,000. If you can help us, uh, please, we're asking you to step up and donate now. Uh, the number is one eighty. Ooh, I think I have the wrong number. <laughs> I'm going to get it right now. The number is one eight seven seven two nine one zero one two three. We have people staying overtime because they were supposed to be done this afternoon, but they're staying overtime to help take your calls if you are able to support us because in order to do what we do, we do need that last $57,000. And I want them to be able to go home. They've been working so hard all week. Please, if you can, donate now. RelevantRadio.com, the Relevant Radio app. We are so grateful for your generosity. Lord has just donated $50 in California. Dennis, $100. Uh, we had another person step up. Michael in Cedar Grove, New Jersey, just gave $50. Thank you so much for the generosity uh, that you have shown us here at Relevant Radio. Anonymous individual gave $1,000 in Ohio. Thank you so much. Please, we ask you, if you can, even if it's a second time gift, maybe you have the ability to give a little bit more, we need to make up this deficit of $57,000. We were supposed to be done already. People are staying over time to help meet this need. So please donate now, relevantradio.com or the relevant radio app, one 291 Zero one two three. If you have a question today for my guest, joining me in just a moment will be Melanie Hempy. Melanie Hempy is the founder of ScreenStrung.com, helping to take our lives back from the digital realm, especially working with kids and parents, young adults. But all of us, we need that tune-up when it comes to how addictive the incredible technology and social media platforms are that we have today. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear some of the incredible tips to help change our lifestyle that Melanie has. We'll talk about smartphone navigation in school, uh, parental roles in all of this. But I want to share with you a little bit about a story you may have heard some of uh, having to do with social media. Meta, which is formerly known as Facebook, is facing a mounting number of lawsuits right now and they're blaming Instagram 
as well as TikTok and Snapchat for eating disorders, depression, and suicide among teens. It's interesting. Apparently, there have been leaked documents. Uh, Matthew Bergman uh, has uh, really dove into all of this. He, What's interesting is Matthew Bergman is the founder of Social Media Victims Law Center, and he's filed more than a half a dozen of the lawsuits against Meta and the other social media platforms. What's interesting is he previously rested represented asbestos victims for you know the poisoning the exposure from this toxic asbestos well that was before switching to social media lawsuits and he said this which I found telling he said to me that was basically everything I've seen that is with social media in the asbestos industry times 100 when it comes to social media. He said both asbestos producers and Meta were knowingly releasing a toxin. That toxin is a whistleblower Francis Hagen last year exposed internal documents at Meta, formerly known as Facebook, showing that Instagram intentionally actually pushes uh, images of body image crises, mental health, and even at times suicide. So to talk about all of this, I think it's important we start discussing what's happening. Uh, The social media platforms have up to now been widely protected by Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, which was intended to prevent internet users um, or to preserve internet users' free speech, especially when you have a website and third-party individuals and groups post on that website. The argument is, is that the website builder shouldn't be culpable for that. Well, what's happened is lawyers are arguing that Section 230 shouldn't be protecting these big tech social media companies because Instagram and others are intentionally designing it so that they're routinely exposing negative content to children. And so this brings us to the topic of kids today being bombarded with negative algorithm-based content that's influencing their decisions. I think that yes, big tech is responsible, but we can't simply blame social media companies. This comes down to parental culpability, our own culpability with how we use technology. And I would also argue understanding kids' brains and what's happening in the context of technology. Join me now is Melanie Hempy from ScreenStrong.com. She's the founder. And I'd like to discuss with you today, Melanie, uh, social media habits to keep kids, teens, and young adults happy today in the face of this growing pressure and bombardment they're experiencing online. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is so great to be back on and talking about this with your audience. It's so important. Thank you for diving into this tough topic. It's really hard. <laughs> really hard today. I, I would like to jump in first, Timory, and just say that I think the biggest thing that parents get confused about with all of the social media issues and kids is many parents think that 13 is the age of uh, internet adulthood, right? Um, and the reason why we think this is because you have to be 13 in order to be on a social media site. And I just want to bring this up at first, right here in the beginning, because I think most parents don't understand why that age of 13 is on social media sites. And and personally, I think that social media sites need warning signs, like warning labels, like we put on cigarettes, right? But um, the reason why it says 13 has nothing to do with the age of maturity. It is, if you are familiar with the COPA Act, the 
um, Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. And that that age was set in 1998. And that was, what, seven years um, before the wow. iPhone. Technology changed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, not only has it changed, that, that age was set because it's the, the lawmakers got together and they said, all right, we cannot collect data from kids. So what age should we put on here? Well, they put 13. They just picked 13 kind of out of the hat. But if you Google COPPA, Children's Online Privacy Protection Law, that's act, that's where that came from. It did not come from uh, therapists getting together and saying, oh, we think kids at the age of 13 are really able to handle all this. Um, it, it, so it was a completely different reason. And so I tell parents every day, the reason why you give your kid a phone in, at the age of 13 is because you probably think, right, that's what's legal. And that's what they all raise their hand and they all say, well, that's the legal age. I'm like, no, it has <laughs> nothing to do. It has right. nothing to do with it. Um, and so then what happens when kids lie about their age, then that uh, releases the tech company from any liability, right? Because if, if the child's lying about the age, the data can then legally still be collected with no fine because there's a large fine if they don't put that warning on their site. So that's, first of all, um, the big reason why we're in the mess that we're in. Social media is not designed for kids. They will be the most hurt, you know, by being on social media. And um, our organization is really big on educating parents about this. We give them a pathway out. We explain to parents that they have a choice. Social media is not necessary for kids, even though you think it is and your 13-year-old is going to beg you um, and try to convince you. They may even write a PowerPoint or do a whole dissertation, right? Why social media, Why they should have social media. But the fact of the matter is your child is not mature enough. Their brains are not mature enough. It is very abusive to children. And so it's no shock to me that these lawsuits are coming up, you know, and, and the toxic screens, I mean, that's what we call them. We call um, social media, video games, and pornography all fall in the category of being very toxic. And I love what you just said a minute ago that, you know, I, I, I don't want to totally vilify the tech companies, all right? Because we don't have to give this stuff to our kids, right? It's just like Big Tobacco. Big Tobacco is out there. I am all about the free country, but my kids do not have to smoke. And that is my decision as a parent. I look at it the same way. It's interesting that when you show that comparison that, okay, you know, they could smoke, but they don't have to. And same with technology. We tend to think that this is a thing for people to do to be in. Well, a lot of kids drink and smoke marijuana today. Does that mean that we right. should be encouraging our 15-year-olds right. to smoke and drink marijuana? No, we right, should. I don't exactly. care if it's legal for adults. <laughs> yeah, and the legality of it is so tricky because there's so much misinformation around this. And this is a really big point. If your listeners even just take this one point away tonight, that 13 is not the age of internet adulthood. And I, and I just want to say, just to throw in what we're doing in our home, because I think it's really important that I'm not just up here, you know, saying something that I haven't done, right? So I have four children and we learned a lot with our first child and made a ton of mistakes. In fact, I always say that I've made more mistakes than anybody in any audience anywhere because I, I have. But what we learned with the younger three is they do not have smartphones. They do not take smartphones to school because they don't have smartphones. We have a talk text phone that we recommend on our website, but that is just that, that's no data, it's just talk text. And so I want parents to understand 
that this idea of kids having smartphones is a bad idea. And there is a big movement to just delay and take that away and, and postpone it. So my, my kids right now, my younger kids, they're twins and they are seniors. Timory, they still don't have a smartphone. They are mm. fine. In fact, mm-hmm. they're not only fine, they both won their elections. One is the senior class president. The other is a student body president. They have tons of friends. And this is one of the biggest things that parents come to me and say, well, my kids have to have smartphones, right? I mean, they have to because all their friends run it. And I'm going to tell them, no, they don't. And it is so important that we teach our kids how to be different, how to stand out from the crowd. Isn't this what you want for your kids? You want them to learn how to be their own person. Then you you look at this issue that you're talking about tonight with all these lawsuits. There is no question in my mind how much damage. I mean, it, this is, these aren't made up things here. Right. The damage that right. is done with all the social media, the, the isolation that it causes, the loneliness, the biggest thing is the state of chronic stress yes. that kids are in. They're selling their brand every day. You know how hard you have a brand. You're an adult. You have your work. You know how hard that is to keep that up. When you're a teenager, it is the hardest thing. It is stunting their social development. They're losing potential. They are detached from their family and they're getting rejected almost by the hour. Because mm-hmm. when you're on social mm-hmm. media as a teenager, you feel bad most of the time. You're never measuring up, right? The influencers right. are just always going to be blowing everything out of the water. You can't compare. And for children, teenagers, even 18, 19, 20 years old, it, is, it still does a lot of damage, even, believe it or not, at that age. And then mm-hmm. you have the depression, the anxiety the um, stress, the suicide, they're all going, everything's going through the roof. So many kids are on medication. And so we can get angry at these companies, right? We can. And, and I, and we can have righteous anger over that because mm-hmm. it is hard. And hold them accountable. But, yes. But at the same time, and I love the lawsuits because it really brings a lot of public attention. And I think that's really important. But at the same time, as a mom and as a dad, it is actually your decision. So any child who does have problems on social media, it is not their fault. Mm-hmm. It, and, and I don't want to blame, but I'm just telling you that the parents make the decision to get their kids a phone and, you know, social media comes with a smartphone, right? This is, that's the main vehicle. So of course you can have social media on your, your laptop at school and, and all of that. But people might say to Henry, well, it's here to stay. We have to teach them how to use it. And this is another big point that I want to make. We do not have to teach our kids how to use this any more than we need to teach them how to roll a joint, pour a beer, put a condom on, right? We don't have to teach all that right now. They need to be under our, our education, right? Our coaching, We need to have lots of conversations about this. Just like my boys, we have lots of conversations about it. But the research says and the medical psychiatry around it says that when you have a conversation about an addictive activity or about an activity that you don't want your kids to do, while you are allowing it, those conversations don't work. 
they don't work, right? And that mm. makes sense, right? So Because it's teenager, confusing, right? It's a yes and a no, and you're expecting the kid to self-moderate, and yes, the kid can't self-moderate. I mean, we know, and I want to talk about more of the research, but we know the brain. I mean, until 25 years old, the prefrontal cortex is not fully developed, and we're expecting kids to make adult decisions with adult-developed brains yes. in terms of how to handle a incredibly well-designed iPhone and an incredibly well-designed right. social media platform that literally has addictive experts who went to school for this uh, actually creating yeah. the platforms in and of themselves. It's Melanie Hempy from ScreenStrong.com here on Relevant Radio. You're listening to Trending with Timory. I just want to say thank you so much for just a moment. We have a huge deficit that we're making a little headway on thanks to your support here on Relevant Radio. Again, we need $3 million. Our pledge drive ended a few hours ago, but we didn't reach our goal. And in order to do the work we're doing, we need your support. I just want to thank some people who have stepped forward. We need $50,000 and we will reach our goal. So we've got 12 minutes. If you can help make that happen, I greatly appreciate it. Lori just stepped forward and gave $30. Roxanne just gave $75. Thank you so much. Christopher just gave a second gift this week of $100, a new donor this week, and said, you know what? I can give a little bit more. In fact, Janine said the same thing. Second gift, new donor. Said, I can give a little bit more this week as well, giving $100. A generous person stepped forward in Wisconsin, giving $1,200. Thank you. We only have, oh, great news, $49,000 to go in order to meet our need here at Relevant Radio. Another person just stepped forward, Carol and Pete, uh, just donated $2,500 to us here at Relevant Radio. Thank you so much for your generosity. Norberto just donated $1,200, a second gift saying, you know what, I can give a little bit more. I understand you still need $49,000. Here you are. Thank you so much for supporting us. If you can continue to help support us, every dollar counts. Whatever you can give, please do what you can today to help us meet this deficit, to grow the work we're doing and continue the important life-saving work we're doing and having conversations like this with guests such as Hempy joining me now from ScreenStrong.com to talk about how to take back your life and your kid's life from the digital world and these technologies and platforms that are designed to keep us on them 24-7. Melanie, in your work at ScreenStrong.com, I love your work because you're such a resource to parents and it's not just parents who need this, but just adults in general can learn from these tips, but you really are helping to equip families and you have the Screen Strong Lifestyle course available for parents today and you have three areas uh, that are very educational. You talk about kids' brain and screens and you mm -hmm. talk about solutions as well as doing a detox. So can you talk a little bit about some more of the brain science when it comes to understanding why this is actually a really big deal and we need to make some changes in our lives? Yeah, it's just what you said a second ago that um, there really what the term is that you're referring to is the attention engineering that happens behind these screens. So these big companies, you know, good for them, right? They're, they have a big company. They're going to go get the best experts in the world to help them keep our attention. That's the goal. That's the goal of social media is to keep our eyeballs on the screen. There is no way that you or your child will be able to outsmart the attention engineers behind the screen. One way they do it is with color, for example. So um, you can turn your phone to black and white. 
Um, you can turn the screen so there is no color on your screen, and that actually can I will just help you. Say too, I've yeah. actually had my phone on black and white for about eight years now. Game oh, changer, game changer. Yeah. And I know we pay for this expensive technology, but we also need to stay healthy. I have a nice yeah. iPhone, but I have it on black and yeah. white, and I've kept it there. And do that if you have, if your kids have phones, which mine don't. I totally recommend. The kids don't have smartphones. They don't need smartphones. They need to be doing a lot of other things besides scrolling on a smartphone. But if they have it, turn their, their screen to black and white. Now they'll go back and change it. But anyway, you can at least start with that. And because color is a very addictive element on the phone. The other thing that you can do, if, if it's even you, like a mom will, will email me, for example, or in our Facebook group, Screen Strong Families, we have a Facebook group and we talk to a lot of parents in there. And they get very upset because they're like, Melanie, I'm trying to reduce my own use. And I have toddlers and I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old and I don't know what to do. And I'm constantly checking, checking, checking. And so our advice to them is to literally take two times a day for maybe 30 minutes to be on your phone checking things. And then that's it. Give yourself a designated time to do that. Just in the old days, we used to say the same thing about email. Don't answer your email all day long. You pick a time in the morning and a time in the evening or in the afternoon. And you answer and then you walk away. Uh, if you have a teenager who has a smartphone and you don't think you can take it away, even though I, I, I would say that you could. And I think many people are much happier when they actually switch those phones out for the talk text phone. But you could say to your teenager, all right, you get 20 minutes a day, period. That's it. Um, no teenager mm-hmm. needs to have a phone in their pocket 24-7. We really don't need to have a phone in our pocket 24-7. That's another story. We're adults. Right. We have jobs. <laughs> we have to be connected, right? They are not adults. They are not adults until they're 25 years old. They are apprentice adults, and that's what we call them at Screen Strong. They're not ready. They they can have, if you want your, your child to have social media, cut back the time to a certain time and block a certain time every day, and then that's it. Because the addictive problem and the stress and all the anxiety that happens, happens when it's the constant feed. Now, they can still get in trouble, don't get me wrong, in 20 minutes a day, all right? That's why we don't allow our kids any. We're over it. We're done. We've been there, done that. We're done. We've made all those mistakes and we're done. <laughs> and our kids are just fine. <laughs> they, they are not, you know, at all upset about it. In fact, on number 91 on our podcast list, our boys are talking about growing up without a smartphone. And so it absolutely can be done. And they've helped a lot of parents with their stories. But the detox, uh, when you buy our course, we have, like you said, the 30-day detox connected with that. And we walk you through how to eliminate a lot of the toxic screen activities that are happening on this phone. Another thing that families do is they just make a family social media account, the Smith Family Instagram, for example, and that's it. They and the kids, you know, you keep up with with their friends, but you don't your child does not need a social media account. It was not designed for them. It is not going to make them smarter. They will not be behind in the world. They will only be ahead. Timory, it only takes a four year old five minutes to learn how to use a phone. They are not going to (laughs) be behind. Right. Right. And like I said, they can get to anything they need on their their laptop. So they are not being deprived, let me tell you, but what you're doing is you're taking access away. And so for any addiction, Mm -hmm. any addiction, it's about the ease of access. And I just want to reiterate before we run out of time that this whole idea of building willpower in kids, because parents will say, oh, the next biggest myth is, but I have to teach them how to do this. They're going to be doing this the rest of their life. I have to teach them. I have to teach them. And I'm going to tell you, no, you do not. You do not need to teach a child how to walk away from 
temptation, what you need to do is take the temptation away. Now, and what I mean by that is what the brain science says about that. The, all the books that are written about habits and building willpower and building discipline and, and even what the Bible says about it, you stay away from it. So the people that are the, the most successful at being the most disciplined in their life are the ones that stay the furthest away from temptation. You don't buy the donuts and put them on the counter and walk by them every day and expect not to eat <laughs> right. them. Right. And so right. you cannot, yeah. you cannot train your child to have that kind of willpower. Our human brains, we can't do it. And especially a child. And so your child is very intelligent, but they are not mature. And we get that all confused and we think they're so intelligent. So now they're ready and they're not ready. They can't, you know, you can walk by the donut counter one time, maybe two times, but by that third time, you are going to be eating a tiny little bite of that donut. It's just too hard for the brain. And so that's why smartphones do not need to be in our kids' pockets. They do not need to be at school, for crying out loud. We're sending our kids to school with a smartphone, and then we're telling them to study, and we're telling them to pay attention. They get to school. I, I have a lot of information on this coming up in my on my website, but they get to school and they have a phone in their pocket and they're distracted all day long. And then they start, you know, not doing well in school and they can't pay attention to the teacher. And now they're getting behind and kids get a lot of self-esteem from having good grades. They have a lot of self-esteem from doing their homework. Well, they take their phone. They're doing their homework. It takes them four hours now to do their homework because they have their phone binging right in front of them. Do you see why this is such a bad idea for kids? And then you have all the lawsuits. Right. And, and it makes, it just grieves my soul. I get so sad when I hear about these kids that are doing these harmful things to themselves, but it doesn't surprise me one single bit. And there's a lot more cases than we ever know about. So as a parent, you have a choice. Yeah. You have a as choice. A and you are equipping yeah. parents at ScreenStrong.com. You're helping families with these guides, the data, the information. And it's telling when kids learn a little bit about it and they have that guidance from the parent, it's okay if your kid's upset with you. And I think these are important things to know and recognize. And as people of faith, we want to form virtue mm. so that when we are exposed to yes. things that we need to moderate, things we need to avoid, that that virtue is built first before trying to build the virtue in the midst of a bombarding addictive technology that is a fun tool. It's awesome. It's incredible. Right. Right. But again, we can't give it to people before they have the virtue and That's the habits right. necessary. That's Melanie Hempy at ScreenStrong.com. Please check out her resources, ScreenStrong.com, helping us as adults, helping teenagers, young adults to be happy especially as you're heading into a new school year there's a lot of anxiety and depression use this to make a change again that program she has is going to help you in detox and understand what to do check it out screenstrong.com and that phone if you're wondering there's a talk and text only phone is found at gabwireless.com g-a-b-b wireless.com we posted links on social media as well as in the podcast notes that's melanie hempy thank you so much for joining us i have some news some exciting news we're working our way toward our goal we have a forty-six thousand dollar deficit that we need to meet by the end of the day and you have been so generous so many people have stepped forward stephanie thank you for giving a hundred dollars along with jan and ben christine thank you for supporting us mary lou just gave twelve hundred dollars to us here at relevant radio radio Luis just gave $100. All of you, thank you. We have $46,000 to go. RelevantRadio.com to support us now.